Praise God. Before we get started, we are apostolic. And I'm going to give you apostolic scriptures and marshalese real quick. Deuteronomy 6.4. Como de Israel. Israel. Acts 2.36-39. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, let's, uh, first of all, I want to give honor to God. Thankful that we're able to be here. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Tony Spell. I listened to him preach uh, WPF Summit when I was back in the islands. And uh, I wanted to quote scriptures like that, you know. If you're from Baton Rouge, you know what your pastor does. He'll get up and quote uh, a bunch of doctrinal scriptures. And I always wanted to do that. And so that was an uh, example in my life. I want to give honor to my bishop, Jesse Parker. Where would I be without my bishop? I want to give honor to my pastor, Pastor James Parker. If anything today, I want to, I want to make him proud. Amen. Amen. I feel tension, just a little bit of tension between what I've been taught by my elders and a bunch of young Marshallese preachers about to hit the field. I don't want to embarrass either. And I want to do my job right. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm so thankful my wife is here with me. Amen. She's such a strength. I heard my bishop say here a while back, uh, he didn't want to plow so fast during commit. And uh, I kind of feel the same way. But uh, I know God's called a lot of young people here tonight to the ministry. And uh, what I want to do today is help you get comfortable in that role. I want you to get comfortable in doing the work of God. I want to read Matthew chapter 20 and verse 1 through 16. Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the first unto the last. 
And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Amen. I want us all to pray. I'm going to pray for you. Pray for me. Let's have God move in this place. In Jesus' name. God, we love you. We worship you. We're so thankful for your goodness and your mercy. Oh, God, if you don't build this house, they that labor, labor in vain. But we're thankful that where two or three are gathered in your name, you're here in the midst of us. God, we're the people of your name. We come to worship you. We come to give you everything we've got. We've come to do your work. In Jesus' name, let me give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can all go ahead and be seated. Uh, look at the person next to you and tell them it's hard to hide a cross. And then uh, look at him again and say, stories from the field. Man, I do want to tell a couple stories from the field. I'm a parker. And so uh, if you know my bishop, you know he tells great stories. And uh, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. And so, uh, first of all, uh, when we went to Enid, Oklahoma and started doing the work of God, uh, me and my wife went there. There was nobody there. And uh, as a matter of fact, we had family living there that said, we will never go to church with you because you're a little kid. I was 23 years old and, uh, you don't know what you're doing. And, uh, but we seen the day when they came in and I baptized them. And we prayed for them and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, so this, this uh, story that we read here today talks about people getting hired at every so often during the day. And uh, everybody got paid the same wages. And uh, living for God, you come in and if you're serious about doing the work of God, you'll get the anointing. And if you're serious about doing the work of God, you'll get fruit. God's not a respecter of persons. He gives, he gives gifts liberally. And, uh, but as young people, uh, I, I really want to talk to the young people. I still feel like I'm a young man. And, uh, I want to talk to the young people about the ministry God's given you. Uh, so many people, so many young people, uh, because the ministry of God is a burden and because it is a load that you have to carry. And uh, some people try to run away from the call of God. And I want to tell you today, you'll never run and be successful from the call of God. Amen. I need a mic stand here. Is it okay if I grab one of these mic stands? Amen. All right. Uh, but I want to tell all the young people here today, start early in the vineyard. Start early in the field. 
Because one of these days we're going to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And uh, you don't want to sit there with the Apostle Paul and have the sorriest stories to tell. You don't want to sit there and say, well, I didn't win anybody to God. You don't want to sit there and say, I didn't do the work of God. You don't want to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb and say, I had so much potential, but I didn't do anything for God. Amen. You want good stories to tell at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let me tell you something about the vineyard. Everybody gets the same wages. The difference is the experiences. The difference is if you start at 12, you'll be so much further ahead at 20. If you start at 13, you'll be so much further ahead at 20. I want to read a scripture here in Matthew chapter 16. I said I didn't want to plow fast, but you guys are uh, pushing me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Matthew 16 and verse 24. I want to build a foundation before we really go. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Everybody say, deny myself. You really want to do the work of God, you got to deny yourself. If you really want to do the work of God, you got to deny yourself. Amen. uh, uh, Those that commit iniquity, which is self-will, they're not going to go to heaven. You got to deny yourself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen. And uh, it's hard to hide a cross. When you're doing the work of God as a teenager and you want to fit in with the crowd, it's hard to hide a cross. It's hard to hide the call of God on your life, running away from the will of God. Hey, but young people, let me tell you something today. It's more rewarding to get involved right now. And we don't know when God's coming back. There's no time to lose. There's no time to say I'm 13. I'm 15. I'm 18. Amen. Uh, back in the islands, we, uh, when we, uh, build our buildings, we carry bags of cement. I want to give a shout out to Brother Edward, Sister Edward. They're from Meridian, Idaho. These people are Marshallese. Can you guys stand, please? Yeah, you guys stand. Marshallese. Hey, these are my, okay, you're all my people, but they're Marshallese. Amen. So, uh, (laughs) I kind of lost my thought. Back in the islands, we carry everything on our shoulders. And, uh, I remember we have these bags back in the islands. We call them bag and whiny. They're called coconut bags. And, uh, these bags are so heavy. They're, uh, they're 120 pounds. 120 pounds doesn't sound heavy, but when you're carrying, it's a really big bag. It's bulky. And so it's hard to get a grip on it. And uh, I remember trying to lift this bag of whiny because every work we do, you lift the load that you're going to work. We don't have no tractors. We don't have any of that. And uh, I remember the day I could finally lift it onto my shoulders. And uh, this is how I lifted it. Oh. <laughs> I, it was hard to carry because it, he- it was heavy. The work of God's heavy. You're not going to walk like everybody. You're not going to talk like everyone. It's different when you're under the load. (laughs) 
I want to Luke, uh, read Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 and verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You can't. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. And uh, if uh, I get in trouble, Brother Tony Spell, he can send me down. I don't think you can go to heaven and not be a soul winner. I don't think you can. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be a witness. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. And every branch that does not bring forth fruit is cut off and cast into the fire. Now, obviously, if you're on your deathbed and you get the Holy Ghost, you can go, okay? But if you've had the Holy Ghost for over a year, there's no excuse. If you've been in the body of Christ for over a year, there's no excuse to not win souls. There's no excuse to not do the work of God. Uh, when we were in our home church in Legrand, me and my wife, we would, uh, we would always talk about music. Like how the music went, how, how the musicians played, how the singers sang. And then we got into home missions. <laughs> we got bigger things to worry about than music. Amen. Music's good, but uh, people getting the Holy Ghost, getting Bible studies, making sure people aren't offended. And uh, this is what I'm saying. is As apostolic people, we're blessed with the best music. Take it a step further. Think about the souls we're doing. Think about what the service is really about. Think about people getting the Holy. That's where it's at. I'll tell you something else. This is what I preach in Enid, okay? They don't work here. That's fine. But I preach to them. This is not where the work of God is behind the pulpit. Everybody wants the pulpit. But I want to see you in the field. That's where I want to see you. Hey, if you think you got the call of God on your life, I want to see you in the field. My bishop always told us young men, don't try to get the microphone if you don't have any Bible studies. Amen. Hey. I want to read a scripture here real quick and uh, about authority in the church. I want to read Psalms chapter 133. Psalms 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded, everybody say commanded, the blessing, even life forevermore. I want to stop real quick and talk to a lot of young preachers because uh, I've been in your shoes, especially if you're still home trying to help your pastor. The anointing flows from the top down. 
It never starts at the bottom up. And the anointing flows in a certain place. And as long as you're under your man of God, you're in that certain place. You can't be anointed out front. It's just like you're trying to take a shower. Wherever the water's flowing from, that's where you're going to get clean. You get out of the shower, even if the shower's still running, you won't get clean. It's the same with the anointing. Even Brother Bass got on it yesterday. Submission to your man of God is key. I'm going to tell you something. What There's a lot of problems we've solved in Enid just calling my pastor. I didn't have to go counsel. I didn't have to talk to people. I called my man of God and God took care of it. Because that's where God commanded blessing. You want revival in your church. That's where it's at. That's where life forevermore is at. Paul said, even though you have a thousand instructors, yet you have one father. For I begat you in the gospel. I'm thankful for my man of God. There's a lot of preachers around here, but your man of God is who who you listen to. There's a lot of stuff you hear, but your man of God is who you listen to. Because I'm going to tell you something. On judgment day, nobody else but your man of God is going to stand for you. And the Bible says the report should be a good report. And not unprofitable for that person. Yeah. Hey, I want one on judgment day when my pastor stands. He says, Joshua, sit behind me. We had revival. He covered my back. That's what I want him to say. I don't want him to say Joshua went off and did his own thing. Hey, I respect my governor and my mayor, but not as much as my man of God. My mayor is not going to stand on judgment day for me. My governor's not going to... Hey, revival comes from the man of God. Man, I want to stay on the young preachers for a little bit. Because I know there's politics. And I know there's uh, posturing. Hey, I've been there. (laughs) We're all flesh. Don't worry if you're not your pastor's number one man. Is this okay for a youth conference? Don't worry if you're his, if you're not his number two. The Bible says when the seed was put into fertile ground, it brought forth first a 30 fold. The second was 60 fold. The third was a hundred fold. It don't, as long as you stay in line, no matter what fold you are, if you're 30, you're going to be a 30 no matter what. If you're a 60, you're going to be a 60 no matter what. If you're a 100, you're going to be a 100 no matter what, even if you're not number one. Hey, you know what happened to people that weren't in their places? The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. He turned to the Gentiles. If you're not in your spot, God will find somebody to turn to. And there's nothing more maddening than somebody else taking your job. Hey. (laughs) Brother Nate Leckenby, pastors in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Started later than me in this gas company that we were working in Oregon. And took my job. Came straight in and went to the top. And I'd been there three years. 
I didn't like that. I don't, you don't want somebody to take your anointing. You don't want somebody to take your revival. Just be in your spot. God's going to bless you. I want to read Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 7 through 10. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Hold on a minute. It takes a lot to make Jesus marvel. It takes a lot for him to say, whoa. And said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have found no so, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. This man knew his position. Hey, if you stay in your spot, God's going to give you the revival he promised you. It's the plan of the devil to take you out of the structure God's put in your life. My brother, Matthias, Matthias Menene, it's his wife's birthday today. Happy birthday. But he started in uh, Spokane, Washington seven months ago. Called me two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Said, hey, I'm getting ready to baptize 21. My brother-in-law pastors the church in the Marshall Islands now that my dad started. Called me the other day and said, I'm getting ready to baptize 21. Hey. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. Those are the kind of people I want to be in the field with. Pastor Tony Spell told me they baptized 138. Is that 138? 138? That's the kind of people I want to be in the field with. For all the young people in here, the people you put around your life is going to shape you. The friends, peer pressure is a real thing. And uh, I'm going to tell you when I found out I was going to preach to over a thousand people was I was in the islands selling a bucket of lolly peanut. And uh, this is candy we make and we sell it a quarter a piece. And I'd walk all day long for 60 bucks uh, so we can rent a van. To have to pick up people for church. And I was at the Baptist school. And I was selling this lolly peanut. And one of the kids came up and said. I dreamed last night you were preaching to thousands of people. And uh, when I was walking selling lolly peanut. I had flip flops on that were unmatching. I had put a nail under this rubber piece that comes between the toes. I put a nail between or, or under it to keep it. Because that little piece on the bottom broken off. She tells me this and I'm looking at her like, what? <laughs> I'm trying to sell this lolly peanut. I'm not re- But that's where God calls you. It's from the field. He called David from the sheepfold. He called Moses 
when he was on the backside of the wilderness watching sheep. God called Elisha when he was behind the plow. God called the apostles from the fishing nets. God called them from the tax collector's tables. God called them from the doctor's office. He calls people that are busy working. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Uh, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody in here. And I really want to get this across to the young men. Especially the young men because uh, that's the group that this generation is fighting so hard. They want the young men to not be young men. Yeah. Start early. My first Bible study was when I was 12 years old. I want a family to God. And uh, I'd always, I'd, I'd been a part of Bible quizzing and all this other stuff. And uh, to be honest with you, I was trying to be cool with, uh, with the rest of the kids. I wanted to be cool. And uh, Brother Taliban Naaman, which is pastoring now in uh, Padagan, started working with me and telling me, hey, let's meet at the church at five in the morning and let's pray. And uh, let's start tucking our shirt in. Let's start trying to look like preachers. And uh, I remember trying to teach people Bible studies and uh, stories from the field. Our very first Bible study, we walked into this house. And uh, we're sitting there getting ready to teach these people a Bible study. And they bring me a cup of water. I'm talking about back in the islands. And in this cup of water is a bunch of little snakes. Not snakes, but like uh, little whatever. Look like little snakes. Polywalls, uh whatever bishops say. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming in the water. And uh, they give us the uh, cup and they're looking at us. And uh, I guess the Bible study won't start until we drink this water. And uh, I I remember thinking, really? These people are going to sit here and wait until we drink this water. But we drank the water. (laughs) Taught them baptism in Jesus' name. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. And want the very first family to God. We started that. uh, My dad started that church in Laura. Before we moved to Wadja. And uh, we'd always been a part of big churches. And so the very first church building we had in Laura was a house with really big windows. And uh, I was leading service. And uh, there was no pulpit. There was no chairs. So the whole family sitting around in a circle. And we had no keyboard. So I was singing the church song. uh, In Marshallese, it's this is the day. And I remember my dad telling me, if you want people to worship, you need to worship. And so there's no drums, no keyboard, no nothing. And uh, I was so shy. And so I stared at the ground the whole time. But I went, this is the day. This is. And I looked up to look if people were worshiping with me. And look, my siblings were the church. And we just got done arguing. You're cross-eyed. You're ugly. You know, uh, this guy's trying to lead service. Well, I look up and look in this big window. It's dark outside. And Laura's like in the countryside, brother Spell knows. People, faces in the window, staring at me, trying to lead service. And uh, stories from the field. Hey, 
You want stories from the field. Amen. Uh, I remember we didn't have any youth group, okay? Just me and my brother Matthias pastor in Spokane now. But uh, I, would, I would treat it like our church was a thousand. And uh, so my dad would be over there preaching and I'd put a note on the pulpit saying, after church, the youth group's going to meet in the back. And it's just me and my brother. He's like, oh, brother. So my dad gets ready to preach and goes, okay, after service, the youth group's going to meet in the back. And I, come on, Matthias. So we go sit down. All right. We need to raise money. (laughs) Let's go visit people. Let's go pray at the hospital. I'm 13. He's 11. And we just started bringing kids to church. The church in Laura started with a bunch of kids. But then their older siblings came and then we got a youth group. And then the parents came and we had adults. But it was because young people said, let's go. Let's go bring somebody to church. Amen. I don't know if it rained in uh, Madura when you were there, Brother Spell. Did it? (laughs) Hey, there's a lot of times we went home soaked. Amen. Stories from the field. Young people, these are the stories that are going to carry into eternity. Hey, getting a master's degree is great here. My wife's got a master's degree. There's nothing wrong with a master's degree. But, Winning souls, that's what's going to carry. That's what counts. We're out here looking at all these buses. We're at two 15-passenger vans. We're going to get another one. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Are you ready for revival in your city? Are you tired of pastor doing it all by himself? Are you ready to get a bus? Are you ready for a Bible study? Our generation has no excuses. We know the Bible better than any generation. We know the Bible so well that if preachers at conferences don't do something fancy to the word of God, we're like, really? We've heard it all. You have no excuse to not teach a Bible study. I'm, I'm not a betting man, <laughs> but if I were to walk around with this mic and say, quote me three one God scriptures, probably everybody in here could quote way more than three one God scriptures. If I walked around and said, can you quote to me the plan of salvation? Everybody would be able to quote Acts 2.38. And hold on a minute. I don't know if we got new people in here. I'm a whole missions pastor. And so we got to plug it in every service. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus name. You need to get baptized. Don't leave this tent without getting baptized in Jesus' name. People say, oh, we'd rather listen to Jesus. He said, baptize in the name of the Father. John 5.43 is Jesus. The name of the Son, Luke 2.21 is Jesus. The Holy Ghost, John 14.26 It's Jesus. Let me tell you something else. The title Father, God's not the only one with that title in the Bible. You know, there's the Father of all lies. You need to make sure you get the name right. You need to make sure people know what Father you're talking about. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue confess. It don't matter what kind of sin you're dealing with. The name of Jesus can handle it. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Hey, your sin's not scared of any other name. Your sin's not scared of a title. There's a lot of fathers in this building, but their name won't cleanse your sins. There's a lot of sons in this building, but their names won't cleanse your sins. But Jesus' name... Hey, has anybody been baptized in Jesus' name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the deliverance that comes in Jesus' name? I've always heard about uh, baptism in Jesus' name being powerful. I had a man come to church. As a matter of fact, he told me. We uh, made food for him and his family every Saturday. Me and my wife did for a year. And every time we went, he said, I'm never coming to church. But his little girls would come to church. And uh, one day he called me. He said, okay, can you baptize me? And this man had a problem with Copenhagen. He couldn't shake Copenhagen. I baptized him in Jesus' name. He's never touched Copenhagen again. As a matter of fact, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He's one of my service leaders. Hey. Stories from the field. Stories from the field. Uh, uh, one of my uncles came into church and I baptized him. And I felt like God told me, use him to preach Sunday night. And it was a Saturday. And I was just like, God, this guy's brand new. I don't know what he's going to preach. I don't want him to get up and mess up a bunch of work. But I felt like God kept telling me, have him preach, have him preach. So I had him preach. And all he preached was when Peter and John went up to the temple to pray. And the lame man said, can you give me something? And they said, all we got is Jesus. That's when Brother Patrick got the Holy Ghost. So my uncle preached and the guy I was trying to get the Holy Ghost got the Holy Ghost. Stories from the field. Hey, I don't know about you. I don't want to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb and say, Oh, I died from the flu. Paul's going to be like, Man, they whipped me. I shipwrecked. They threw stones at me. I don't want to sit and say, Well, I died on my lazy boy. I want to be able to say, Man, they hated me for Jesus' name. Hey, they don't hate you for any other reason than baptism in Jesus' name. You hear me? Every church that has a problem with you, it's because of Jesus' name baptism. That's where the line is drawn. Hey, God's good. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles. Hey, I'm big on miracles. Oh, hey, you want another story from the field? We uh, had this lady walk into our church that couldn't walk. And she's known in Eden for not being able to walk. 
She came in and we prayed for her and God didn't heal her right then. But she went home and from then on she could walk. To the point where she works a job now. And uh, so miracles, I'm big into miracles, but I want to see people saved. When Jesus looked at that lame man and said, your sins be forgiven before he said you're healed. He was telling us how it's done. Then gifts of healings, helps, government, diversity of tongues. I looked up what a prophet means. Somebody sent on a mission. Somebody sent on a mission. There's a lot of young people today that uh, are busy with the things of this world. Getting their opinion across. And uh, they're not shy about it. They'll yell in your face. And uh, we have what it takes to change the world. What are you going to say on judgment day if you hide your clock? If you try to hide your You can't hide it if you try hiding your cross. There's uh, young people I know that went out into the world and said, as a matter of fact, I've got a cousin. The last time I talked to him, he was crying on the phone saying, Josh... I can't get the call of God out of my head. He drinks a pack of beer every day before work to try to settle stuff in his mind. You can't play with fire and not be burned. The Bible says, I'm going to kind of flip this the other direction, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. People know if you're apostolic. You can try to act cool in the world. People know who you are. Your talk is different. You know what it's like to feel the presence of God. You know what it's like to feel the anointing. I wouldn't trade the anointing for anything in this world. Remember the first time Brother Carl DeBroom told me to lead service at his church. There's about 500 people there. And I got up and I grabbed the mic and I went up and the power cut. It was the very first time I've led service. I was 13 and everybody's staring at me waiting for something powerful, you know. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And uh, so I was scared. They, they said, hey, come up and lead service. I was like, ah, I don't want the power to cut off again. But when I finally did get up and lead service, I got up to read Jesus Christ, the wisdom and the power of God and the Holy Ghost fell. And from that time on, whatever it took, I need God's anointing. This is what I'm trying to tell all the young people in here. You're going to fall over your steps trying to do the work of God. But if you do the work of God, There's going to be a time when the anointing is going to hit. There's going to be a time when the anointing is going to hit. There's a lot of people in here. Could could we all stand out if the musicians could come? I want to motivate you. If your pastor says it's time for you to go, don't be scared. If your pastor says stay, don't be scared. Wherever you're at. If you're under the submission to your man of God, God's going to bless you. Brother Bass said it last night. We need young people more than ever before. 
The strength of the church is in the young people. You don't want to hold all that potential and on judgment day not have an answer to give. Now I wonder if we could all close our eyes. The call of God's in this building right now. And uh, whatever you do, you need to get close to your man of God. But I'm telling you, the call of God's in this house. There's young people in here that are tired of sitting on the sidelines. There's young people that are ready to go teach a Bible study. You know the doctrine. You know what it takes to be saved. You know what Jesus said? He said, take my yoke upon you. A yoke takes two. He didn't say take my harness so that you're on your own. He said, take my yoke. And if you get in the yoke, if you get in the work of God, God's going to help you. God's going to help you. Amen. Close your eyes. Raise your hands. Let God use you. Let God touch you. Oh God, whatever it takes. I want to do your will. I want to do your will. Oh God, I want to do your will. God touch these young people. God fill them with the Holy Ghost. Let that anointing flow. I said the anointing's flowing. I said the anointing's flowing. I said the anointing's flowing. The anointing, the anointing. Let the anointing flow.
some time and draw close to God. Tell him, God, whatever you want for me, I'll be there. Whatever you have for me, I want that. Not my will, but thy will be done. If you need the Holy Ghost, just tell him you need the Holy Ghost. If you want your sins washed away in the water, we'll baptize you today in this tent. In the water, in Jesus' name. If God's calling you, answer the call. Be what He wants you to be. If you can use anybody, you can use me. Thank you. 
Let 